Shalom listeners, this is Amit Tobolsky and you're listening to From the Heights, the Innovation Lab's official podcast broadcasted here from Yeshiva University in Washington Heights, New York. With me in the studio today is a very special guest. For our third episode, I'll be speaking with Ariela Shom. Ariela is the Senior Vice President of Marketing at ADOC and the Chief of Staff, where she drives organizational success, enhances cross-functional efficiencies, and fuels overall company growth. She has over 25 years of experience and has proven track record in international expansion within the cyber, AI, and healthcare sectors. Ariel's strategic leadership was instrumental in ADOC's rise, establishing and leading the marketing division, orchestrating impactful awareness and demand generation activities that consistently tripled revenue. Holding a bachelor's degree from the Hebrew University and an MBA from Reichman University in Israel, Ariel believes in empowering teams for performance excellence and fostering innovation. Ariela, good afternoon. Welcome. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. We love having you here at the Innovation Lab and appreciate your time. I'll start with a question. Every big journey starts with a few small steps. What was the beginning of your journey like? Where did you take your first steps? So thank you again for having me and uh, I love the Innovation Lab. I think you're doing great things. And, uh, uh, so I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I started, so I'm an Israeli-Australian. I was born in Australia. I made Aliyah when I was eight, and I grew up in Israel. And I actually did my degree in the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, and I studied languages. I actually studied English and uh, East Asian studies in Chinese. Uh, but I didn't pursue the Chinese. I actually ended up touching that in my career, but I said, Let, what can I do with the fact that I know English and Um, I sort of want to get involved in the Israeli startup community. And in Israel, it is very, it is relatively simple because there are new startups that pop up every single day. And I started my career in a company called Art, Advanced Recognition Technologies. And their um, product was voice and handwriting recognition um, for mobile phones. So actually the base of what we know today, uh, where you can just speak into your phone and it recognizes you and knows what to do. Um, was basically that company art oh, um, wow. that uh, further further along the line got acquired by many many other companies that dealt with uh, voice recognition in various mediums and so that's where I started as a marketing person and what I find is at least in my career you join or in Israel you join a company that is a startup and they're looking for something that is not clear that was at the time again when I started this was uh, in 98 1998 and uh, They looked for someone who has a degree and knows English. And that sort of was the definition of marketing at the time. <laughs> you know English? Okay. <laughs> yes, you have a degree. You'll be able to do marketing. Go for it. And, and it was very interesting for me because what I discovered from this is that it's, it is indeed to know a language because uh, that was an advantage that I had to everyone else. Um, I wasn't a developer. They were all very busy developing the code. But I did have the ability to translate what they were doing from a technical perspective. into what I understood would attract um, an audience. And that's when I sort of realized, well, this is really what marketing is, right? It's being able to translate um, a technology or a something and making people act towards it, right, in any way or form. Uh, and so that was sort of my first step. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, definitely an interesting first step. I would not expect that always for a beginning of a career in marketing. What really um, inspired you to pursue a career in marketing? How does that correspond? I know you're saying you studied something very different English. You're saying that's the sort of criterias, but how do you find that maybe the, the hard and the soft skills you study help you with marketing? Uh, 
I actually think that uh, studying English literature was surprisingly useful because a lot, or at least the initial marketing work that, again, if I go back to the startup world of finding someone who speaks English and has a degree, is writing a lot of content. You have to write well. And I didn't know how hard it would be for me to learn to write well. I did this again for my degree. Uh, and and I found that super, super useful. Even the Even the basic of typing really quickly, but the actual ability to create content that's compelling and making people or creating an emotion within someone, the reader, right? That's that's what is going to create an action, right? And if you think of marketing where, you know, I am today and I understand that basically everything in marketing is psychology, right? It makes an emotion, it makes a movement, it makes people do something. So it's it's that, it's how you write and how you are able to translate something that's very technical and sort of cold into something that's compelling and creating an emotion, which then creates an action, which then gets you what you want, right? With business in the end, right? Because you're trying to sell a product. So I think that was surprising. I didn't expect that um, as an outcome, but uh, it was. So that's sort of how I feel my studies. Um, later on in my career, I also did a master's in, in business. Um, and I felt that was actually the right time in my career to do it. I did it about 15 years later after I'd already worked for several startups where I'd taken various positions within these startups and it's this continuous swirl, right? The startups comes out, there's an amazing idea, go to market, it's either acquired or it isn't. And then it starts again, again, again. And through that, I sort of understood there are so many things then beyond obviously just the writing and the creating of the content, but um, it, it is a company of its own. And then that sort of business degree added that element of how do you run a business and how do you succeed as a business with all the various facets. Marketing is clearly one of them, but not not the only one. So that's sort of how I put all the pieces together. That's amazing. You provoke emotions, then build something. You get to go yeah. through all the stages. Let's return to your work as a senior vice president of marketing at ADOC. Can you please share a bit more about what you do and what is your mission? So ADOC was established. So first of all, ADOC, we aid doctors with AI. Uh, many people don't know how to pronounce uh, the name of our company because it's spelled A-I-D-O-C. So there are AI doc, a doc, like no one knows. So it's basically aiding doctors with AI. That's what we... <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yes, that's, that's what, what the founders um, uh, wanted to do when they established the company. And they, um, the three founders had spent 10 years in the Israeli military working with artificial intelligence um, that knew to detect abnormalities in imaging, was aerial imaging in the Israeli military. But when they left the army, they said, look, what can we do with this ability, right? We have the ability to teach software, that's sort of AI, right, to make it mimic a human by detecting an abnormality in an image. What, where can we do, use this for the better good? So that's the mission, right, to be able to use technology to aid physicians in giving better care to patients. Uh, and I think it was, for me, the first time I'd actually worked for a company that I felt was, I know it's funny, but like changing the world, right? Really making sure that patients across the world, really globally, are able to get better care faster and, and more accessible. So when we when when they started this mission, I joined again when we, when we were 20 people. Um, in January 2018, but what they thought, what they understood was, look, to detect an abnormality in an image is um, radiology. Radiology is um, 
the the it is a truth it is it is actual physician is a radiologist who looks at images and there are various images that patients go through you may be familiar with a cat scan a ct an mri an x-ray right so 90% of healthcare has imaging involved in it. So, so almost everyone that needs to be cared for goes through some form of imaging. So this was clear that this is something that's vital. vital. And also there are such advancements from a machinery perspective in imaging. It's really a way of taking a picture, right? So think of your phone, right? The phone or think of cameras right now, they're phones. So the, the advancements that have happened in imaging in, I don't know, 20 years, 30 years, the same sorts, sort of advancements happened in medical imaging, right? So if a CAT scan included, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, 100 images, maybe 20 years ago today, it includes, it's, it's formed of 600, 700, 800 images. And when you are a radiologist, you're looking for a needle in a haystack. Can I find an abnormality in 800 images, right, that comprise of a CAT scan. And what they discovered, our founders, was that it's hard, right? It's really, really hard. Details. A lot of details, a lot of images, and the physicians just don't know how to get to the urgent images faster or first or prioritise. So if I summarise, what they decided to do was to come up with a solution that is able to prioritise acute patients first and help the physician realize what is wrong with them from an image and treat them faster. So that's what we sort of came at. That's when they met me, they said, look, this is what we have. How do we go to market? So you worked as the director of marketing in a large public corporation in electronics, like you said, and mobile um, messaging devices. Can you please share more about how you've developed your domain expertise over the years? Any best practices that you can share with us? Uh, so I think it's a good question. Um, I think many, so there are various ways you start your career in marketing, right? So again, what I have, I found in my career was I started when there was nothing and they, the, the company is looking for someone to help go to market. There's this definition of go to market, whatever that includes. From nothing to something. From nothing to something. Like we have a product and actually sometimes you're lucky, like I was with ADOC and there's a need, right? So, cause sometimes there's a product and there's no need. That's a different challenge, but there's a product, there's a need. Now we need people to take an action, right? So then Throughout my career, that was usually where I came in. Um, and I grew from that and learned the various facets of marketing. So there's the corporate um, communication brand part of marketing. There's the demand generation, pricing and packaging type of marketing. There's the marketing automation part of marketing. There's so many facets of marketing. And I just, I, I ended up starting all of this and then slowly, slowly bringing in people who had started the same as me and then veered into one direction. So, for example, today within, if I give an example from ADOC, when I started again, it was myself, right, <laughs> to the person number 20. And I put a lot of focus on demand generation and lead generation because this was something that we needed at the time. We needed to get doctors to start working with this. So I started with what is called lead generation, demand generation, all the tactics around that, right? And then as I built that, I realized, okay, now we need to support the sales. So we need to bring in some content marketing and product marketing. So I established that part of the organization. And, and at that point, you look for people who have actually started their career, let's say being a master of all, but then moved into product marketing. Because for example, they find that they really like that part of marketing, right? Or you find people who are very, very good at being business development type of people because that's their passion, right? So again, to sort of put this into framework, as a marketer, 
you learn, I'm assuming, everything, right? Like, I, again, my master's is in marketing as well as business. And so you learn a bit of everything. And then when you join a company, you can choose one of those. That's what I would recommend. Just start with something and get exposed to the other facets of marketing as you do that one thing that you were sort of recruited for. And as you do that, you'll learn more about the various elements that marketing has. And again, very, very broad, touches everything in an organization. It's such a pivotal position, marketing as a whole. And then you can decide where sort of you want to find yourself. And again, eventually, hopefully, you would get to a position where you're building the team, right? So you're leading the team and then there's a whole other part of that. But sort of that's sort of the recommendation I would give. Start one of those facets, just something that you seem to feel that you want to do, and then learn through that what the other facets of marketing are, and then you sort of can can decide, can see sort of where you go from there. That's sort of my recommendation. So I see. Is start broad and sort of find your niche to find your uh, unique value. Yes, yes. I love that. Um, to get a bit personal, what are some social causes that you care about? What makes you happy or worries you about our current generation? Wow, what worries me about our current generation? Um, or makes you happy. <laughs> so I wanted to bring up ChatGPT. You familiar with ChatGPT? I heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what, is what is concerning me about the way people are reacting to ChatGPT, unfortunately academia, <laughs> is they're scared of that. They're saying this generation is going to learn how to cheat and go to ChatGPT to write them an essay and we have to put stop guards so that this generation can't. And, and I think that's, to me, it's exactly the opposite. This is such an amazing opportunity for this generation and I think this generation, the generation of my children um, and the current students, is a generation that just studies differently to what we did and it's amazing. And using tools like ChatGPT to just help bring data quickly they're still going to be the ones reviewing it and, and making it what it is when they submit the paper or when they study for an exam. It doesn't matter what, but today's generation absorb information amazingly well, amazingly well in my mind. I think today's generation seem to know what they want. They want to dabble in various things. And again, it's a generalization. So that's why I'm saying I don't think anything really worries me about today's generation. On the contrary, I think that it's a shift that my generation has to accept and say, look, there are other ways to learn. There are other ways to write an essay. There's nothing wrong with asking a machine to tell you, I said just recently, you know, help, help me write for a friend uh, a wedding, uh, a wedding uh, toast from the mother of the bride in the voice of Dr. Seuss. And there you go. It just did it. And I was like, oh, isn't that amazing? And then the mother put some stuff in and she's ready. Like, so what? What's wrong with that? So I think, I actually think today's generation absorb information differently. I think as, as a marketer, I have to be aware of that. I think that when I market AI, by the way, to physicians, physicians now are, are young and they want to go to a hospital that is using AI to help them do their job, right? So in general, I think learning that AI and ChatGPT and machines are out there to help us in this generation is something super, super important. And I think um, we're going to see this man and machine thing happen more and more. And so to me, that's how I see this generation. I see it as a hybrid of, of people using machines, computers, software to just be better and like superhumans. And I love that. I think it's super exciting. 
I love that. I mean, as, as a student and also a creator, a lot of time, I feel like creativity can never be duplicated or created by chat GPT. And it's a great tool, but it's just like riding a wave. You need to learn how to surf before you get on a wave. Then chat GPT kind of carries you, helps you throughout, but you really need to do the initial steps yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And staying tuned to the market, which yeah. is very important for many generations, it might be, right? The industry changed a lot since you began working on it. We're talking AI. What changes have you observed over the years um, in marketing, I would say more specifically, and what are the biggest trends that you anticipate? So I'll go I'll continue with my chat GPT rant because, again, it's amazing it. and everyone's talking about it now and I'm so, it's so exciting. So actually, um, again, one of the concerns that I always have about this is, you know, oh, will this replace me? And I say this to radiologists and I say this to marketers and you just said that. A machine won't replace you. It is there to augment you. It's there to make you better. Now learn how to work with it, right? Don't be scared and say, I'm never going to use it because it'll replace me. I mean, it's there. <laughs> so it's inevitable. It's inevitable. So you better get on that wave and learn how to work with it. And actually, specifically for marketing, there are so many amazing tools. And, and look at this now. You and I are doing this podcast, right? I would recommend that you then use a transcription tool that is AI to transcribe this and then use another tool and say, hey, can you create a landing page content for me, an email abstract for me, um, and even a blog post? And this all is done in like five minutes. So it's not that the 700 people that would have written this before, again, there wouldn't be 700, there'd be one or two people. So that person now that would have done those abstracts and listened and written and everything, that person is just going to be able to do so many other things that a human would need to do. So we're not having less people. We're having the same amount of people just be more efficient and do more. And I think that's super, super exciting. So in the world of marketing, the, the content creation part, it's really hard. It's always going to be hard to create content, to write a white paper. But in, so let me focus on getting ChatGPT to help me glean information. I will write the white paper but the abstract for the white paper and the landing page that is going to attract people and finding the SEO words that are the best for me to perform well, why shouldn't a machine do that? Why shouldn't a machine do that? And then I can focus on these live interviews, on creating interactions, I don't know, coming up with any creative idea that I had before, whereas I was spending my time writing a million pieces of content that a machine can help me write. So I, I think for marketing... Um, again, because this is my profession, it is an amazing opportunity to see these machines come out and help us. And I think we need to learn how to interact with them really, really well. And it's a cross marketing. I can give you another example. I have a BDR team, this business development, sales development, what was referred to as telemarketers. Okay. But they're not only telemarketers because they need to do a whole lot of things. They need to identify the persona that they're calling. They need to research they need about 30% of their time is prospecting. We call it prospecting, right? They have to learn about the person. They have to go into their LinkedIn. They have to create an email. They're not amazing email writers. They're very good on the phone. But part of their job is this email writing. So I'm thinking, let's have a machine do that. Let's have a machine do a personalized outreach. Chat GPT, look at this person's LinkedIn. Create a intro email based on that. Da -da 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 -da. SDR sends that out, the person responds, the SDR picks up the phone, makes the call. It's amazing. So I think across the board we're going to just see fantastic results of humans and machines working together. I'm just, I'm very excited about that. 
That's amazing. I mean, it's it's sort of it's rather than replacing creativity, it's a fuel for creativity. It leaves you more room for creativity. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. While we're talking about ChatGPT, I'm curious. I mean, we have OpenAI, we have now um, Google, we have Microsoft really jumping on AI. (laughs) It reminds me sort of in the beginning with the streaming services, the streaming wars, who's going to win the market? Obviously, we know they all want to be fed our information and questions. I mean, do you have any predictions or idea? Who do you think is going to win or dominate this? uh... So I can tell you uh, um, one more thing about ChatGPT, and I, I promise I'll stop talking about them. Actually, OpenAI, um, before they, so, the, so the, the actual data, and we can do a whole geeky session on AI if you want in the future, but the whole data pool that ChatGPT is using to answer these amazing questions is two years old. And I think that's something that we need to understand about AI. Again, I can <laughs> geek out on it later. But what it actually means is that they were developing or teaching the machine what to look for for two years. And just recently, the I don't know who it was, the CTO or something of, of OpenAI said, look, we have to go out of market with this. We have to make it accessible. And the developer's like, who'd want this? This is two years old technology. It's the interface. So the fact that you can chat and just say, I said, why are my scones oozing butter when I put them into the oven? And I get this essay that's fantastic. How do I poach an egg? An essay that's fantastic. And Previously with Google, I would have to go through all these data points and some people say this and some people that, and it was just annoying. So what my takeaway here, and I think is important about the future, it's the interface. And I actually have to say, we see this with us as well, that the fact that we are able to detect an abnormality in AI in a CT scan in an image, the secret source that we have, the reason that we have succeeded is because of the way we integrate with the workflow of the physician. We're not asking the physician to do anything different to what they did before. And I think that's where the future will be from the Microsofts and the Googles and the war of search and our data and all of that, as whoever will succeed is the one who knows to integrate into your workflow the most efficiently. So giving me an experience, this generative AI thing, where I'm just talking to someone and I'm getting everything back, that to me is the essence of this, why ChatGPT exploded, because it's just so intuitive. It works so well. And it's, yes, the future of search. Scary how well it's working. <laughs> it's scary how well it's working. But the truth is it's, again, I don't want to, I mean, it's, it's obviously very good AI and very good technology, but it's the interface. It's the fact that it can do that discussion form because it's based on, on Google, right, or on a lot of information that was out there on the web anyway. And I think that goes to your question, you know, what, who is going to win the battle to take the, the information that we hand out there and make it accessible? Again, so I would say, look, Microsoft and Google both are going to have to <laughs> take a step back and think, well, I think Microsoft's been talking a lot about revolutionizing Bing, whatever, I don't know, let's see how that goes. Uh, but I think, again, uh, the winner will be the interface, the workflow. I see it from where we are today. It is about the workflow. It's about not changing the way we work and we're actually changing the way we work right but limit the amount of changes so it's the interface and then I'll learn how to work and ask the right questions but if I also have to learn how to work and also open seven browsers and I don't know what it's not going to work so you have to sort of limit the amount of discomfort in using this technology and that's why I think this exploded ChatGPT because anyone it's just it's just mind-blowing it's mind-blowing 
It's amazing. I mean, the interface eventually is what everyone handles in order even to learn something. And I feel like you're saying that competition can fuel companies to actually drive them to create a better interface and make it friendlier. Because if they won't do it, the other competitor will. Absolutely. So we are, we are kind of winning this. Uh, we're winning as users. We're winning. I, I, that's why I think. I think the fear of a machine, and I'm saying that it's, you know, intentionally, it's a machine. It's, it's software that is just giving you information. So don't fear it. You will never be human. Never, never, never. Well, first of all, thank you so much for everything. I kind of, uh, I'm learning so much and I have so many more questions. I want to leave our students here with a tip. Do you have any advice to students here at Yeshiva University who are interested in pursuing marketing career or careers in technology overall in the startup world? Any specific skills or abilities they should focus on? I so first of all, I applaud people who decide to study marketing because I think I know it is such an important function within a company. A company um, really needs marketing. It actually needs marketing sometimes even more than a product. I can tell you, I sometimes market things we don't really have yet, right? So marketing is 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 so pivotal to organization and it has many facets. So I think, when you study marketing, as I started, go broad. Even if you're more inclined to, let's say, the financial part, because it seems to be easy some, for some people, right? It's numbers, it's this, whatever, the business financial part. And you sort of go, I don't want to write essays. <laughs> well, here, ChatGPT can write some essays for you, so don't worry. Try and take as broad an approach as you can. You clearly have to do a major in something, but try and be as broad as you can. Because I do think as you learn through the various elements of marketing, you'll know what niche you want to go into. So I'd start with that, sort of actually go broad. Don't silo yourself into only one aspect of marketing. The second is be open to looking for internships. I know probably you are encouraged to do this anyway, but don't shy of it. Anything is good, right? Look for startups. Israel has many, many that are always looking for interns. And, and actually when you do find an internship, though, ask what you'll be measured on. Um, I know that when I brought interns in and actually we had a pause with the interns because it was COVID and it was too much and it was like we were really busy because I don't like having people come in and go, I don't know what I'm going to do. So ask, you know, what would I be measured on? How will I, how will, how will I know that I've succeeded in this internship, right? What are you going to ask me to focus on? Because some marketing departments are just going to, I don't know, not be focused enough on what they really want to use an intern for. So, again, be do internships and, and, and get your feet wet in an actual business because it'll just blow your mind, right, to see how that works. Um, and then I think when you finish your studies, don't, again, d try sort of apply for a various range. Again, you don't know until you actually start what's the best thing for you. Um, uh, and, and I would encourage just, again, staying broad because it is such a broad topic, marketing. It could be so many different things. And so, Again, be broad, try different things, and then you'll find your, your niche and then go with that one. Um, so that's basically my tip. I love that. You start, and rather than feeling limited, starting with a niche and then going broad, you see all of the opportunities and can do them all yeah. and really focus. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Ariela, for coming here today and speaking with me. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure having you here. And to your listeners, thank you for once again tuning in. We have a very exciting guest next week, so please tune in for a new episode. And in the meantime, Lehitraot from the Heights. <laughs>